How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 89 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and today we got news, we got notes, we got takeaways from this exhibition season, and also uh, we're going to talk about Matt Olson bunting and the pros and cons of uh, that whole thing. There was a discussion on Twitter between uh, myself, Mike Petriello got involved of MLB.com. That was fun. And then, uh, you know, some uh, other people were also involved in just giving everybody's takes. There was a lot of good opinions in there. And, uh, you know, I'm going to give my own opinion in a longer form than however many characters we get on Twitter these days. So that's the plan for today. Uh, and... So yeah, we'll, we'll get into it here in a second. But first, please follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. And uh, if you have any mailbag questions for us, please send those over to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. We're also still looking for a couple more uh, over-under predictions or over-under, you know, sets. And then I'll talk about those on tomorrow's show. Um, or uh, prop bets, you know, things like that. Just a... Uh, Think of it like a predictions episode where, you know, you set a number and then I'm like, oh, I'm going to predict uh, higher, lower, all that stuff. So uh, that's what we got coming for you guys in the next episode, which I will record tomorrow night. Um, but yeah, let's get into the news and notes from uh, the day. It is being reported that Jonah Hyam, uh, the one of the backup catchers for the A's, he is not going to make the 30-man roster uh, to start opening day. So it is going to be Austin Allen as Sean Murphy's backup. So uh, we got that figured out. So that's cool, I guess. Uh, I had kind of penciled in Hyam as a third catcher because usually teams, when they get more players available to them, uh, they go bullpen and an extra catcher because you never know what's going to happen. And uh, the A's are not going that route, so I assume that they're going to be going with more bullpen arms. And I think that part of that is because, you know, Jesus Luzardo and AJ Puck have been dealing with uh, their own injuries of sorts. Uh, AJ Puck, we got an update on him. I'll get to that here in a second. But since there's not going to be a limit on how many pitchers you can have on your roster, you're probably going to see teams, you know, with 17 of the 30 spots taken up by pitchers. Uh, you're going to have five rotation guys, maybe six if you're going for a six-man rotation. But there's going to be so many relief uh, pitcher arms just to keep everybody fresh because they haven't had the usual amount of time to ramp back up. It's been, what, two weeks? Uh, usually they get like a month and a half. And so they're going to try and avoid injuries in that regard. And uh, by limiting the amount of innings that everybody's pitching, then hopefully you're keeping your team healthier. And the team that stays healthier this year is going to have the best shot at winning everything. So I think that you're going to see probably 16, 17 pitchers on the A's roster. Uh, I'm not going to get into speculation because I'll be proven wrong in a couple of days. But it looks like uh, Birch Smith is going to be one of the guys that's probably going to make the team. And then you got uh, Jordan Weems, who was announced yesterday, who's going to be in the in the uh, the bullpen. So they've got you know a decent amount of guys already on on the roster. So we'll see you know the last couple of names. Uh, I I know that if you've been listening to this for uh, a while, uh, I've been very high on Jamie Schultz. I know that I gave up a home run in his last outing, but uh, we'll we'll see if he has uh, what it takes. Maybe he'll be you know a late inning guy, kind of like Jordan Weems, where you know not late inning in a close game, but like late in a uh, in a blowout or something where it doesn't matter what happens here go go pitch and we'll see what we got here um because i think that there's something in uh schultz's arm that could be electric uh i got a lot to get to in this episode so i'm gonna move on from that so yeah uh puck and luzardo uh luzardo is gonna set, uh, throw another bullpen here in the next couple of days and uh the report is that he's probably gonna be ready in the first uh, day or two of the season so that is great relief uh we talked about uh, jake deepman's outing yesterday some people were worried about you know lefties in the bullpen because mcfarland's the other guy right now 
And uh, having Jesus Luzardo in the bullpen for at least a short amount of time before he can rejoin the rotation could be a, a, a big thing for the A's. So that's obviously great news for uh, everybody involved. And then uh, AJ Puck, he also had some good news. Uh, there wasn't a report on how his meeting went or if he had the meeting with Dr. Elatrache, but uh, he is he got a PRP injection. He's going to wait uh, 48 hours, and then they're probably going to start uh, having him throw a little bit, you know, like playing catch and stuff in a couple of weeks. So best case scenario, maybe he's out like a month now. I Cause he's going to have to ramp back up too. And they're going to have to see how his arm reacts for, you know, so you got to wait two weeks and you got to see how the arm reacts. And then a couple days after that. So it's going to take a while. Uh, maybe we see him, maybe we don't. Uh, they're going to be cautious with him, obviously. So um, best of luck to him and all that stuff. So uh, next on the docket, we got, the awesome baseball game that we all got to watch uh, on Tuesday night. Oh, boy. Um, so that was fun. Uh, the A's got two hits. They, they walked five times, so that was nice. But they got two hits. One of those was a bunt single from Matt Olson, which was hotly debated on Twitter. And then uh, the other one was a home run that was not a home run by Chad Pender, where it drove in two. But it uh, should have driven in three. So the A's lost four to two. It should have been four to three. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. It's still exhibition season. Um, so that sucked. Uh, Mike Fires kind of struggled a little bit. He gave up a couple of homers. It took him 67 pitches to get through three and a third innings. And he only threw 37 of those for strikes. So he wasn't necessarily efficient with his pitches by any means. Uh, he looked a little shaky at, at first. And then it seemed like he was getting better, but they pulled him and uh, Joaquin Soria, he gave up two hits and pitched two thirds of an inning. And then Chris Bassett came in, and he actually looked really good. He only needed 50 pitches to get through his four innings. He gave up uh, one run, but that was basically he gave up uh, two hits and then a sack fly, and that's how the run scored. So it wasn't all that bad overall. Uh, he It looked like his stuff was working. He struck out five guys, I think, in four innings. So, you know, everything seemed to be there for Chris Bassett. Good on him. Uh, fun highlight from the game was Tyler Heineman, one of the Catcher is vying for uh, Buster Posey's job. He decided to uh, try to run on Laser Ramon Laureano and was thrown the fuck out. Uh, he got like a quarter of the way to third base and the ball was already there. And he's like, oh, I'm going to struggle back. And then he fell on his face. Well, he didn't really fall. He just didn't make it. And then he uh, hunched over and looked ashamed of himself, which he should. Um, don't run on Ramon. Also, there's a GIF on our uh, on our Twitter. So at Locked On Ace has uh, that GIFified for you, and also that feeling when you make poor life decisions in just a uh, screenshot of him uh, hiding his face. So good times. Anyways, uh, so the takeaway for me from these two games, obviously not the results we wanted. The A's didn't look necessarily good by any means, but uh, the Giants used 18 pitchers in these two games and. I mean, if, if we're looking at the silver lining here, part of the key for the A's approach has always been plate discipline and, you know, work in the count and all that stuff. But if you're facing 18 different guys in 18 different innings, kind of doesn't matter if you're working the count at all. I still think that it'll work in the regular season over the long haul, but that uh, that, that first two weeks could present an issue if uh, teams are going to be using more bullpen arms. Uh, we'll see how that actually plays out in practice. Um, because everybody's going to have way more bullpen arms. And so they could do something more similar to this. I know that there's a three batter minimum, but you know, maybe they, uh, bring in that lefty to face Matt Olson with two outs and then they get him out and then they can pull him. Um, maybe that's something that they're going to do. That's probably something they would do anyway, but they'd be depleting their bullpen, uh, as opposed to 
effectively just using a loogie in this situation. So, um, yeah, that that's one option. Uh, I looked at the A's schedule for the first two weeks, and it goes, you got uh, Angels for four, Rockies for two, Mariners for four, Rangers for three. And that is the first two weeks of the season, but that is only, uh, what was it, 13 games? So they may have to play one game against the Astros, depending on if they're going to be very stringent about uh, 14 games or, you know, uh, two weeks at it's going to be up to them to decide. But it looks as though the by the time that the second game rolls around against the Astros, the Astros will not be able to have 17 pitchers on their fucking roster. So that's a plus. And this is the Astros series uh, in at the Coliseum from August 7th through the 9th. So uh, that would be two weeks into the season. So if the Astros can't, you know, just uh, throw in whoever they want for, you know, matchup purposes, I, I think that that could play into the A's favor. Although... Uh, it would mean that there would be less pitchers on the A's roster as well, so they could do the same thing. Um, but we, we've seen it have an effect on the A's already, so uh, we'll see how all of that goes. And I also did a little bit of math with the uh, the Astros schedule, and it looks as though if they don't try anything funny with you know readjusting their rotation on an off day or anything like that, the A's would be facing the Astros three, four, and five starters, and that's uh, that's not bad for the first series that you're going to face these guys. Uh, the every game is going to matter, and if you if the A's happen to sweep them, which after the uh, these two games doesn't look like they would, but if they did, they'd be like nine wins against the Astros. That that'd be great because every game counts for roughly well two point seven, but I'm rounding up to nine. Um, so yeah, that that would be fun. There is a chance that the Astros could try something funny with their rotation out of the gate if they wanted to, because they also face the Dodgers on the same time frame that they're facing the A's. So if they made, because uh, they got two ba- good starters, and then everybody else is kind of a question mark. Lance McCullers has proven, proven himself, but uh, he's coming off of Tommy John, and this is his first you know regular season action since. So kind of a question mark, and then we don't even know who the other two starters are going to be yet. So anyways, you got uh, Verlander and Granke. And in that Dodgers series, they would be facing the uh, Astros' fifth starter and then the first starter. So if they wanted to, and they wanted to, you know, prove something to the Dodgers, they could do that. But uh, a, a win's a win in this league in this season, and every win matters. So you're going to probably try and, you know, uh, have them show out against the Mariners on opening day, and uh, so it won't actually matter. And analytically, you probably want to put your best starters against the weakest op- opponents in this season because it's so short and. Every win's going to count. You probably need to hit like 34, 35 wins to win the division, somewhere in that range. And uh, it doesn't matter if they come against the Dodgers or the A's or the Mariners. So give yourself the best chance to win every game. And so you're probably going to see just a regular rotation out of these guys. And, uh, you know, if they can squeak out wins against... Uh, when it comes to the A's, it's, it's a little bit different because they are divisional opponents. So if you can keep wins away from the A's, then that would make sense as well. So, um, yeah, that, that's where I'm going to head with that. I want to talk about Matt Olson bunting here in a second, but first, I want to tell you a little bit about our new sponsor, CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. What are those two duos? Here's the first one. It's CBD Freeze with Menthol. It's an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient, easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. The second product is CBD Recover. It combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. 
So what the folks at Locked On have done is they've made it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer by offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Okay, so before I talk about Matt Olson bunting and all the logistics of all that stuff, let's just set the scene a little bit here. Uh, Matt Olson, left-handed batter. He is what the kids would call a slugger. Uh, so he has a lot of... Uh, he, he hits the ball in the air a lot. So the Giants, for the last two days, have just been playing a four-man outfield. And they were like, hey, yeah, try and hit it over here somewhere. Because uh, he doesn't hit the ball on the ground that often. So what Matt Olson did tonight was he threw down a bunt to the left side of the infield towards third base and he got a hit out of it didn't have to run that hard good for him what i think that people are kind of missing is that he tried laying down another bunt and he popped that one the fuck in the air and yes it was to the left side and there was nobody there but that's not the first bunt that you want is just straight up in the air so everybody's arguing like oh yeah if uh if he just bunts every time and he's on base you know it's just a gift hit every time i'm like well yeah if he's a hundred percent successful then yeah it, it's a great gift i suppose uh but it's not the best thing because matt olson hits dingers and if matt olson isn't hitting dingers he's not very fast on the base paths you guys it's not like he's going to be stealing second at all so once he's on first you got to get a hit or two or you know have somebody behind him at a home run and uh, that, if it's uh, Matt Olson hitting a single or Matt Olson doing anything else, I think that I'll take my chance on Matt Olson doing anything else. Uh, I know, and even if he gets the single like 50% of the time, that's, you know, good OBP and all that stuff, but he's still on first. And so I ran some, or I didn't run any numbers. I, I looked it up on the internet because the internet has uh, answers for everything. And so the odds, according to, you know, run predictions and all that stuff, um, where am I looking here? The odds of scoring one run in an inning with nobody on or anything like that are 14.66% at the start of an inning. That's with nobody on and nobody out. And then uh, if there's a runner on first with nobody or with uh, nobody out, that percentage only goes up to 18.08. That's just under a three and a half percent increase. And the whole point of having the four-man outfield and, you know, the extreme shift is to make Matt Olson try and change his swing so that he will not hit a dinger or get an extra base hit or, you know, be, have a supremely effective at-bat. They're okay with giving up the single or, you know, it's not like they're just uh, straight up doing the intentional walk. If he can lay down the bunt and get on first base because of the bunt, they're happy to give it to him. Uh, I, I came up with this analogy uh, on Twitter earlier, but <clears throat> would you rather have Mike Trout hitting all the time or would you be like, yeah, go, go bunt every time you come up. We'll deal with you on first base. That's fine. It's different though, because Mike Trout has speed and Matt Olson does not. He is primarily a slugger and you need his bat in the lineup. Cause if he's throwing down bunts, then he's not going to get protection from Chris Davis or anything like that. Him being Matt Olson the power hitter is essential to this lineup. Also, if he's throwing down bunts, he's not protecting Matt Chapman in front of him. So, I mean, there's so many different things that can be affected by Matt Olson bunting either on his own or being told to bunt. Uh, I'm hoping for my own personal reasons uh, that this is just a 
hey guys, look at me, this is an exhibition game. I can throw down a bunt, so maybe don't try uh, you know, any shenanigans on me, because I'll show you. Uh, you, you got to keep the defense honest, and I think that doing the bunt tonight may help in the regular season. Um, and in the situation that it was where it was leading off an inning, I think that I'm okay with that in certain situations, but I don't want to see this be a regular thing because that is not okay. Um, but I mean, if, if he can be moderately successful doing it, you know, every now and again, but if it, if it becomes a routine thing for him to lay down a bunt, then you're not getting Matt Olson anymore. You're going to have, you know, in this season, I predicted 17 home runs at his, you know, rate from last year. He'd be like 10 to 12 home run, Matt Olson. And that's not great. Um, so I, I think that it has repercussions if he becomes a part of who he is at the plate. It's okay if he's going to the opposite field, but if he's swinging the bat, you know, because um, it, it just opens up how good of a hitter he could be overall, where if he's taking pitches the other way, then, you know, his batting average goes up that way, as opposed to giving up outs because of a failed bunt every now and then. That's not something that the A's uh, have ever done, and nor should they start doing it. I also looked up what the uh, the odds of scoring a run in an inning are if uh, if a player starts on second base, and this comes you know for uh, the extra innings and stuff like that. But if Matt Olson got a double instead of a single or something like that, the run expectancy for a player on second base with nobody out is thirty four point four four, which is much higher. That's almost twenty percent higher than the original fourteen point six six. So. If he could get on second base, that'd be awesome. Or if he was like a speedy guy, like, uh, you know, Billy Hamilton's always my go-to speedy guy, even though he's not on a team right now. Um, if he was able to, you know, bunt for a single and then swipe second, then then you're in business. But he's not stealing bases. He has two stolen bases in 359 career games. So it's not necessarily part of his, uh, his repertoire, and I don't want it to be. He is uh, not a speedy guy, but he is a great defensive first baseman. He has a lot of power. He should be who he is because uh, you, you want to beat somebody playing to your strengths as opposed to changing your game to try and you know, outsmart somebody. Uh, that's usually how this works. And pitchers say it all the time. I, I want to get ba- beat on my best pitch, not you know my secondary pitches. And that's why you're like, hey, I'm going to challenge you with a high fastball, see if you can hit it. That's just a thing that happens. Um, maybe it's tradition. Maybe that should change, but I... I think there's something to it, honestly. Anyway, that's my take on specifically Matt Olson bunting for singles. Um, it, it does change a little bit in my mind. I am open to it if there is nobody on, nobody out, and they're doing it. I'm like, yeah, okay, start the inning with somebody on first, maybe, but not every time. Uh, it, it's not something that I need to see him doing all the time. Um, so that's it for me today, you guys. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to record the uh, the Prop Bets episode or the over-under episode, whatever you want to call it. So please send those in to LockedOnA's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB. You can email us any questions that you have at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Um, yeah, so in the meantime, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks, and I'll talk with you guys tomorrow.